Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. Wait, are we cutting all of that? <laughs> oh, it'll be in the outtakes yeah. or something. Along with all those clips of us asking you to say Hitler had some good I ideas. Hitler. Look. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I just, I'm sorry I said anything. <laughs> Andy! Andy! Where's you... Flight 87? Hi, Flight 87! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hi. Hey, that's hey. Andy Sell and Travis Clark. Travis fucking Clark. Travis fucking Clark. For those of you Andy. playing Unpops Bingo at home, Andy. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Andy Fieldy Sell. <laughs> We're, that's the wrong podcast. Wrong pod, buddy. Doing... This is for the people that listen to both. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's a crossover gag. Yeah, we're recording the Remember first- Remember when the critic was on The Simpsons? Okay. If you if you love this Jesus. podcast, and I know you do, uh-huh. you should check out, uh, for starters, you should check out $3 Pod, y'all. What? what? Our... Yeah, because you won't understand anything that's right. happening in the other one until yeah. you listen to that. Our six-episode limited series event our... about the history <laughs> I would say of Limp Biscuit. It's a dank dive. Into uh, <laughs> the history of Limp Bizkit. Yeah, it just it just it just keeps rolling, right? Right. It, it does. It just keeps rolling, rolling, rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, it broke us. It didn't break stuff. It broke us. See, yeah. The thing is, that is the unquestionable truth, right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like an alchemist, we went in as diff- as disco elephants, and we came out right. as gold cobras. But it was yeah. the unquestionable truth, volume fun, everybody. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> say that doing that podcast asked us all a question and that question was do you want to play that game bitch and we all said yes, yes we do we do we do yes, want to play do. that game bitch but from a distance and we played that game and it was great and it then was. we continued playing that game <laughs> ill-advisedly yeah and next we're doing a, a <sighs> we're doing a whole po- a podcast each season is going to be about a different band maybe we'll get through that band's entire history in one season Maybe we maybe won't. we'll, we'll give have up to three albums. Pick yeah. it up later. Yeah, like maybe we'll for, give for in for our mental health. Maybe we'll give up twenty minutes in. <laughs> I don't know. Let's pull the ripcord. And the first season of that podcast is coming soon, and it's going to be about the band. Are, are you ready? Are you ready? What's the name of the band? Corn. That's right, everyone. It's about corn. We're recording the first episode. We're recording, recording the first episode yeah. today. And that'll be out very soon. It's going to be called Corn Nuts. It's just me and Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Ranch. I'm Barbecue, and we're a couple of Corn Nuts. I'm Teeth Breaker. (laughs) It's going to be a long haul. It is. But in the meantime, we're getting ready to finish up Heart Shape Pie. Oh, boy. We're rounding third. We're into the in utero years. How's it going to end? I don't know. With a bang. Oh, wow. What's that? Don't don't you dare! Uh, God damn it! You remember how Kurt Cobain killed himself with an eagle? Stop! <laughs> <laughs> A desert eagle! <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh golly! Yeah, this is fun. It is fun. I okay. Can I tell you what? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can I tell you how fun it is? How fun is it? I started reading "Everybody Loves Our Town." Oh my god! Yeah, one the of book us by Marky Arm. Yeah, by <laughs> Marky Arm. Yes. How is it? It's really good. It's really interesting. There's some like really like like he leaves no stone unturned, and that some of those stones include members of Candlebox. So those are some like 
no one else remembers those stones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Man, I remember those stones. Do you? Yeah. Candlebox had a rough go of things. They sure did. Yeah. yeah. They did not get the respect they <laughs> didn't. They were a Seattle band who was signed to Madonna's label. Like, none of that was going to work out. Yeah. None of that has a happy ending. That's the death of grunge right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Marky Arm. Everyone should go read. Everybody loves our town. An oral history of grunge. (laughs) Yeah. it's You know what it's not? It's not a harsh realm at all. (laughs) Oh, no? No, not even a little bit. Were you hanging on the flippity flop? I was swinging you, on the flippity oh, flop. Oh, swinging on the swinging on the flippity flop. I uh, was avoiding the Tom Tom Club. Sure. Uh, no lame stains allowed is what I'm saying. No lame stains. Uh, and it's a, it's got a bunch of dishes in it. A lot of a lot of dishes yeah. dishing. I like it. Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna finally read it, or uh, I'm gonna let Andy read my I'm, copy. I'm right. Not, and then I'm not gonna read it. Don't oh, be wow. a lame stain. Get a copy. I got too much reading to do as it is about corn. <laughs> Stop. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to read. <laughs> you, know what, uh, you know what they call a whole collection of books about corn? Stop. A pornography. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> High five. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Thanks, that guys. That was pretty good. All right. So we're diving into the in utero years, <laughs> as you can tell. Now, that's your favorite record by them, right? It's my f- one of my favorite records of all time. Yeah, same of here. all time. Same here. Yeah. I'm with you. I fucking love. You. I think in utero is the perfect Nirvana album because it's like Bleach and Nevermind Had combined a, into one thing and like, a little bit of incesticide, too, which that's how incest works. Like everything is. that's related fucks and you make in utero. Mm. So you're saying incest doesn't work. I'm sorry. Adam. Is this the corn let's, podcast? Let's... I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean incest doesn't work? Explain. Explain the royal family if incest doesn't work. <laughs> you got me there. Thank you. Time travel. That's how. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, this is my favorite. One of my top five favorite albums yeah. of all time. Do people still do desert island discs? I mean, no one has discs anymore. So I think they do, though. And I, I know <laughs> <laughs> Desert Island Discs, also known as DID, which yeah, is yeah. Dissociative Identity Disorder. Yeah, if, yeah. if your phone only held five albums, which ones would you put on it to take to a desert no, island? None, because my phone would be just fucked. Is there a charger I, yeah. on this island? Obviously, Andy. Okay. A Dodge Charger. <laughs> so you can just drive around, <laughs> plug it into the cigarette <laughs> no, that means Oh, if there's a Dodge Charger on this island, then that means there's an asshole on this island, too. Hell yeah, bro! Uh, it's Fieldy's Island. I'm with you. It's a Desert Island disc for me, for sure. Yeah. I love for In sure. Utero. I like the, the, just the sound of it. Yeah, it sounds amazing. It's, it's one of those records that I had to stop listening to. I had to like make a conscious effort to stop listening to it, uh, so that now when I do listen to it, it's like special again, Yeah, because yeah. I was listening to it way too much. Yeah. When I had a desk job, I would listen to In Utero at least once a week, which that wow. doesn't sound like a lot, but no, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot when you consider it's not a new record. Like, and I was yeah. bringing it on CD to the office. Whew. Like I would bring a stack of CDs yeah. each week, and it was always in there. It's definitely it's my favorite Nirvana album. We'll get into my second favorite Nirvana album, which uh, we'll talk about in a few minutes. Nice, but in utero, man. During the final months of '92 is when Kurt finalized Good. the Halcyon days. Yeah. 92. The fall? Man. Late fall, early winter of 92? Come on. Was there a better time? We were living it up. We were living it up. We had not an enemy in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. We just we didn't we just elected Bill Clinton. We were a country that didn't know what to do with our hands. No. Nope. In 1992, and it was magnificent. <laughs> like 
we didn't know if we should hate the Russians or white nationalists or right. gangs were going to be our enemy. And then finally, the World Trade Center got bombed, and we were like, thank you. We have. But that wasn't until 93. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were apparently 18 songs that he went into the sessions for In Utero with. Really? Yeah. Wow. And where are those other six or seven songs that we've never heard? Some of them got uh, scattered to the wind, I believe. <laughs> Probably, yeah. 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 They're in Puget Sound now, Andy. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy, what are you doing with your hands in your face? I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So the working title of this album, because there's always working titles. Yes, always. And this is one of the finest. Uh-huh. I Hate Myself and Want to Die. Which becomes a, a later release on Beavis and Butthead. One of my favorite Nirvana B-sides. Right. It's a really mm-hmm. good song. And yeah, I think it's, it's a great song. I think it should have been on In Utero. But well, he made it an A-side of life <laughs> for him. <laughs> That's a really good point, Travis. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so so they finalized the songs in the final months of 92. But before it comes out, Incesticide is just like secretly released to the world. Do you remember the working title for that? Uh, it was Piggy Bank or Cash, Cash Cow. Cow. Cash yeah. Cow is what uh, they wanted to call it. It was almost like a giveaway to Sub Pop where they were like, because we signed Nirvana and basically took them from you, even though it still made Sub Pop a ton of money. A ton of like, money, yeah. This was Geffen releasing a lot of Nirvana's like sub pop unreleased stuff, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's I think it's my second favorite Nirvana album. Really? Yeah. Well, it ha- it suffers I mean, from an identity crisis because it's yeah. all over the place, right? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's not a studio album because you so. got Molly's Lips, which is like super catchy, and then you have like you know what's the what's the super weird one on on there. Uh, Turn around. Me- Mexican seafood. Really weird. Mexican seafood. Yeah. Hairspray mm. Queen. Yeah. It's I just a, it's, it's a strange yeah yeah um, if it's not if that's not my second favorite Nirvana album like not counting studio albums I guess my second favorite studio album would have to be Nevermind yeah see I'm a yeah, yeah I do the, I, I I'm like a in utero Nevermind Bleach yeah but I but, but also in, in reverse order of release yeah, you go yeah, backwards yeah, that's I interesting backwards. even though it wasn't techni- it wasn't recorded in a traditional recording studio I still consider MTV unplugged as oh, one unplugged of is their fuck. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Ma- like because it's so like it's so, there's so many covers like there's so many songs that you didn't hear on any other official Nirvana album and it's also just a snapshot of like I mean it's it's how all apologies kind of ends in utero. It, to yeah. me, it's always yeah. the farewell. It's the it's what it's ends the f- their career. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that came out. Incesticide first. Uh, the two weeks before Christmas is when it was released. Entered the Billboard charts at number fifty one and sold half a million copies within two months. And that's without any like they didn't no promote promotion. it. They didn't right. tour behind it. Now this was you wouldn't have bought it when it came out because you're a later Nirvana right. fan. Andy, did you buy it when it came out? No, I did not. I, I did. I bought it when it came out. Nice. And I was dating a girl named Molly, and she made me listen to Molly's Lips over and over again. It's a good song. It is a good song, but it, it has a tinge to me now because I, I <laughs> think of that period of my life. Uh, yeah, that's 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 just a little I behind the curtain on uh, Travis fucking Clark for everybody. <laughs> I didn't have it. I didn't own any Nirvana records at time. I didn't really buy. I wasn't buying music then. Yeah. Uh, well, wait. How, in '92, you would have been 
12? 12, yeah. 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 So I wasn't buying music then. I was like listening to the radio, taping stuff. Did you guys do that? Mm-hmm. Taping stuff off the radio? I did that with MTV. When MTV mm-hmm. launched, I, I would put a boom box in front of my right, TV yeah. and tape stuff. I would record stuff off the radio, and I, I was obsessed with recording... Um, <laughs> TV theme songs. That was like I would. That's what I'd hold it. Oh, up I to did the, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I would Which do is that potentially too. the least surprising thing I've ever heard about <laughs> either of you. I had the theme song for Nowhere Man. Do you remember that show? I don't. No one does. Okay. I what think was it the lasted theme song? half a season. I don't remember, but it was awesome. Did the Beatles do it? No. Yeah. It wasn't okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I had the theme song to uh, Maxwell <laughs> Silver Hammer. Remember that? That was a great show. <laughs> yeah, it was a great show. It was yeah. just 30 minutes of a yeah. hammer. Just, bong just bong. Yeah. Uh, no, I at that time, I think I got my first CD player and my first two albums. What was your first CD? REM Automatic for the People. Mine was Infectious Groups. <laughs> Mine was Belle Biv DeVoe <laughs> okay. Poison. Whoa! Yeah. Mine was... You're welcome. I got two of them. I got <laughs> uh, REM Automatic for the People and Hammer too legit to quit. Hell yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, that was, that, those were my Representation first Representation matters. It sure does. Even in the early 90s. Yeah. I feel like you guys just move right past my infectious grooves face. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> just what we I, don't want to talk about. I, was I don't the, feel like you want to talk. I was about at it. the live show that's on the second record. Just if I was, <laughs> I was on board. You guys, I was on board. I was uh, when Nirvana was in office. I was listening, <laughs> and Jessica Tandy was the first right, lady. Yeah. Yes, we all remember. I was listening mostly to rap music, mm. pr- pretty much exclusively rap music. I didn't. I've, said it before i didn't get into nirvana till like 98 99 yeah. well you had some you had some bbd in there so you had some neo hip-hop i mean neo uh, r&b in there right too. Yeah. yeah yeah i wasn't into a lot of contemporary music at the time like rem was kind of like my gateway to contemporary music to like music that like you know teenagers were listening to what was uh, contemporary back then so this the two i was mostly into like motown oldies jazz that was what motown I philly's to. back again and and but yeah so, boys to men yeah so boys to men <laughs> they were on the radio where yeah time, what yeah. i was really into in that time was like the the club stuff the like the dance stuff like what like uh hadaway and uh, oh my god, I was gonna bring up like Technotronics, like Black Box, oh, Snap, Technotronics, The Real McCoy. I hated all of that so much. I, there was something, and ab- it paved the way for Ace of Base, which was a total Nazi band. Yeah. Right, that's another uh, episode. Show on. Shout out to Questlove. <laughs> so it was like for me, it was alt rock, college rock stuff. Right, and then it's f- f- fucking it's rhythm tw- as a dancer. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were doing at twelve. Yeah. That explains Andy's sound. Oh my god, I loved it. That was the stuff I taped off the radio mostly, and then and it was so it was like Andy is a dancer. <laughs> I would have like I would have like a mixtape that like one second was like four non blondes, and then the next song was like what was I was I was very earnest. I was into very earnest music, and to me the and most then jock earnest, jams. The most, <laughs> to, but that, that dance stuff was so earnest to me. It was so sincere. It was like it was like yeah, she's homeless, but they fucking mean it. Yeah, I hated all of that so much. <laughs> Did he Susan Vega on the playlist no, for God, you? No. No Tom's Diner? Actually, yes. Oh. Actually, Tom's Diner was on <laughs> Suzanne sure. Vega, yeah, pal. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Who was really listening to this yeah. stuff in the early 90s? You was your or name, us? Was your name Luca? Did you live on the second floor? No. All right. I was, uh, I was, I was in Limp Bizkit. We sampled the song. Oh, nice. The, um, 
It's my favorite song about watching passersby hear you get beat. Yeah. And doing nothing. And is Luca a, a child in that song? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Could be a one. I think it's probably, maybe it's intentionally vague. It's probably Courtney Love. It's uh, actually, for sure. It's actually, Courtney Love broke up that whole tech, early 90s techno scene right. with Luca is Molly. actually an anagram for Aluk. Uh, you scramble oh. the letters, and Aluk is, of course, short for Alucard, which backwards is Dracula. So the song's about Dracula. I don't know if you knew this. I did not. I well, didn't. Fucking now you know. I'm glad people know now. Hey, should we get back to Nirvana? No, yeah. I think we're great. I think we're right where we need to be. <laughs> yes, back to Nirvana. I was also into metal, but that's another story. They played a really famous show in between Incesticide coming out and In Utero coming out, and that was that show in Brazil. Is that where he tries to tear down the pieces of cloth? He does a whole lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. Is that when he humps the camera? Yes. And spits on the camera and... The band hadn't rehearsed in months before that, and Kurt mixed pills and liquor before the show like a goddamn professional. Sure. If you only weigh 90 pounds, make sure to really <laughs> yeah. double up. Yeah, you yeah. want to really drill down on those pills. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to supplement. <laughs> sure do. And this was the show where they played all, pretty much all covers. They played Seasons in the Sun. Oh, fuck yeah. They played Kids in America. Fuck yeah. Should I stay or should I go? Hell yeah. Rio. They played Rio. How? Rio is the only one, like, I had a bootleg of them playing Rio from this There's show. There's no way Chris can play that fucking bass line. It's not that. It, Rio is fucking hard. Actually, that's you know, why actually, what happens happens is because of that, not because of anything else. Weirdly enough, I think Dave Grohl plays bass that on makes sense. Rio. On like in this this live version and on the Duran Duran version, Wait. weirdly enough, uh, yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, he was like Dave Grohl's and everything. Uh, what James? What is the name of the bass player of uh, of of Duran Duran? They don't have one. Yes, they do. Mm-mm. Yes, they do. It's Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. <laughs> it's actually it's just uh, Dave Grohl on a keyboard. It's just <laughs> playing all of the. It's uh, it's Getty Lee. He actually plays yeah, it with yeah, his feet. Yeah. The bass player of Duran Duran uh, is incredible, but you never hear it because it's all mixed super low. Yeah. But his bass playing is unreal. Duran Duran's a great fucking band. No, well, maybe we, That's we, another, you know what, Come Undone, that song? Yeah. That was another one I want to make. Hungry stage. Like I, the Pod, I think we're going to have to yes. do it. <laughs> I'm into that. Me too. I was trying to think of another Duran Duran song that we could view to a pod. It's a few. To a pod. But that's electric, also James electric Bond. Potterella. That's good. That's good, Andy. Andy. <laughs> I get a gold star today. We don't have those. What are you talking what are you about? Talking about? Uh, yeah, okay. I have these like thumbs up trophies. Yeah, d- look, I, mean, I have my own. Know, I have my own systems. Andy, <laughs> you know who like to give people gold stars and put them on their outfits? Oh, that's a really God. good point. <laughs> Damn it! Does that seem like a good idea now, Andy? Is that a good idea to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other song he played? This is my favorite. Uh, they played a version of We Will Rock You that Kurt changed to We Will Fuck You. <laughs> Kurt's just nine years old all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. And the show almost ended with Chris just throwing his bass at Kurt and walking off. Yeah, because the part to Rio was so hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> so hard. And But they uh, eventually got him back on stage and they finished the show because if they didn't play for 45 minutes, they wouldn't have gotten paid. John Taylor is the bass player of Duran Duran. Right. Somebody's been screaming it the whole time. I just wanted to say <laughs> it's John Taylor. I got it. This is from a review of the show from oh. a Brazilian magazine. They were not the real Nirvana at all. 
Instead, it was only Jesus. a depressing Cobain making noise with his guitar. All right, calm down, Brazil. Yeah. I. What is the Brazilian I believe, accent? Is this the show also where they had an all-female band opening and the crowd was really, really shitty about it? Would the all-female band have been... L7? L7, I was just thinking... Yeah, it, it was something like that. And the the crowd was like heckling them and i think this is the show where kurt was like well fuck these motherfuckers we're just gonna did i ever tell you guys play seasons in the sun i uh i really wanted to start an all (laughs) that's actually a treat yeah oh yeah i wanted to start an all guy cover band of l7 called dicks are heavy (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Check out the live on Pops at the end of the month <laughs> oh featuring God. Travis and Andy's cover band, Dicks, Dicks are, are Heavy. heavy. <laughs> when you pretend that we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So after they, they have like a week in between these two shows in Brazil, and they kind of work on the album down there. Actually, if you can, tr- I think all of the songs from their Rio sessions are on the With the Lights Out box set. And they're all I have that box set. Yeah, they're all really good. There's actually it's not on the CDs in the box set, but there's a DVD mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. with it. There is? Yeah. Yes. I've had this thing for 10 yeah. years. I've never knew that. And if you put that in, them playing Seasons in the Sun is like the background music while you decide what you're going to watch. Oh, and if you play it backwards it says Courtney did it. Right. Courtney yeah. Did it. <laughs> yeah. So wait, they played two shows in Brazil, one in Sao Paulo and one in Rio. And they played the song Rio, not in Rio. Right. <laughs> God, the 90s. They're so contrary. ironic. Yeah, Everything I know. was so... Yeah. Or he was taking pills and booze <laughs> and didn't remember what city right. he was in. Probably just yeah. thought he was in Rio. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Brazil. There's only Rio, right? It's the Jesus guy, the Jesus Christ pose, like the Sound Garden. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sound Garden. <laughs> so they... They get back to the States after these two shows and start working on the album again. It's at this point that Chris finally convinces Kurt that they maybe shouldn't call the album I Hate Myself and Want to Die. And then he also got real pissy about the T in his name. Why was he afraid that it could open them up? <laughs> it's around the same time. Yeah, yeah. That makes... Why did he... Why... Like if a kid like heard it and killed himself. Oh, like the yeah, Judas Priest the Judas shit Priest from the 80s. We yeah, the Judas we Priest were... was going on. This was, this was uh, a year before. Time, year before, yeah. 91. Yeah. That he finally changed the title to verse chorus verse at one point, which is a he's just going to name it after songs, right? Like because yeah. that's his song also. Yeah, yeah. And then finally changed it to in utero. And he had when they went into the studio, they had some alternate song titles. Radio friendly unit shifter was called Nine Month Media Blackout. That that's a terrible name. All apologies was called La La La. It's not a good name. La. It's a little, that's oh, not sorry. even in the song. No, no. And Moist Vagina, this is the best one, was called Moist Vagina. And then she blew him like he's never been blown, brain stuck all over the wall. You know, I feel and like he was like, that's a little on the nose. Yeah. I think he's also too like, am, am I am I signaling my plans? Am I giving a little <laughs> too much away here? Am I t- hanging too much of a lantern here? Guys, am I suicidal? I don't know. No. Andy. No. <laughs> I'm just like, nobody saw it coming. <laughs> I guess not. So the band flew to... (laughs) Even Kurt's like looking down the barrel of a gun. I didn't see this. (laughs) I'm surprised. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he didn't do it. Uh, Well, now that you pointed out, I see the... These are flags the whole way. (laughs) 
So they flew to Minnesota on Valentine's Day to begin working yeah. on the album. February is a real great time to go to Minnesota. Minnesota Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Minnesota is for lovers. That's what <laughs> a lot of people say. They hired Steve Albini to produce. I don't remember no, where- what they say is, yes, Minnesota, there is a Santa Claus. Okay, that was for- wow. What's if happening? If there's someone 70 years old listening to this podcast, they got that. They are. There are. Okay. Okay. It's our main demo. Yeah. 70-year-old Minnesotans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't remember where I saw this, but I it might have been in the journals book. Mm. It might have been like scribbled in the journals thing. But at one point, the liner notes were going to say, recorded by a dick in the snow. Oh, because Steve Albini is it's a, uh, it's dick. notoriously <laughs> dick. difficult to work with. Yeah, I was reading Mark Yarm's book, Everybody Loves Our Town. Sure. And there's an interview with Steve Albini, and he is an asshole. He oh, is yeah. a straight up dick. He was in a band called Rape Man, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he yeah. was in a and 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 Big Black and uh, yeah, but also but sh- Rape Man. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Shellac. Shellac yeah, 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 yeah. So and also good. Rape Man. Oh, and Rape Man. You forgot? Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> Rape Man. Rape Man. That's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Like what if Steve Albini's thing? actually just bad of hearing? Right, man. <laughs> and, and ah! <laughs> what? Wait, what? From it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I thought you were I doing. I he was doing Queen's Flash. I Gordon. did too. That's <laughs> yeah. what I thought. You were. Rape. Oh, <laughs> savior of the universe. He'll rape every one of us. What? This took a turn. <laughs> did you ever read? He Steve Albini wrote a letter to them. Before they recorded, and I'm sure it was kind, thoughtful, no, it, and short. It actually is. No way. It's okay. Yeah. It's definitely not short. No, it was definitely in Kurt in Courtney. <laughs> Courtney wrote it in Steve Albini's handwriting. No, actually, Perry Farrell wrote it in his blood on Gw- Gwen Stefani's dressing room mirror. Wait, um, um, what? That happened at the huh? K Rock Acoustic Christmas one year. You didn't hear about this? Oh, how would I have not heard about that? Yeah. K Rock Acoustic Christmas. Perry Farrell broke into Gwen Stefani's dressing room and wrote a message in his blood on her mirror. Save it for the K-Pod that we do about the history of K-Rock's Acoustic Christmas. Uh, I, no, he wrote this, Steve Albini wrote a letter. Save it for our uh, our all Jane's Addiction podcast, Nothing Potting. We make great pods. Pod that, that would have to be... Podos uh, for Pyros. Yeah, pod, <laughs> podcast for Pyros. Podcast yeah. for Pyros, yeah. That's not bad. Um, no, it's... He Steve Albini did write this letter to Nirvana, and it's it's great. It's like it's it's a super like nice yeah like but before they recorded together, I think it was him trying to convince them to record with him. No, or something. okay. Well, then in in Mark Yarm's book, he's saying like this drunk guy kept calling me, and but a lot of losers call me That's to work it, with you know, me. You, you, yeah, it wasn't that he was trying to convince them. It was like a you guys want to work with me. Here's what I have to say about that. But it was actually nice. It was like a nice and like reasonable letter. Then he probably Steve Albini probably said, "Will you write the fucking rock star guy to like whoever was interning at his studio?" There's no way Steve Albini has All done right, anything. Gonna, Travis, oh my god, you're so cynical, Travis. I'm gonna find this. Oh god, the fucking worm has turned. <laughs> I like the worm. Yeah, the, according to Heavier Than Heaven, he got along with everyone fine, except for Courtney. That I believe. He at one point described her as a psycho hose beast. I would say Steve Al- Steve Albini and Courtney Love are are the same side of the yeah. di- of the same coin. Different Check side out of the same coin. Psycho Hose Pod, our <laughs> podcast about the history of Steve here's Albini. About, here's coming the thing soon. about Steve Albini: as shitty as he can be, as whatever his reputation beyond is, beyond talented. Um, yeah, it, 
he's smarter than just quoting Wayne's World at somebody. Like that's the thing that's yeah. weird to me about that is that he couldn't come up with something better. That's to a Wayne's say. World quote. Yeah, Psycho Hose Beast is literally from the movie Wayne's World. Nice. Or did Wayne's World take it from Steve Albini? <laughs> oh my God! What if, <laughs> Steve Albini. What if Mike Myers was like, "Oh man, did you hear what he called Courtney Love?" I'm putting that in the movie. I'm what making... if Mike Myers was in Rape Man? Oh my God! What if Mike Myers is That's Steve actually, Albini? Rape Man's actually rejected Austin Powers' character. <laughs> they, they, they made Fat Bastard to avoid Rape Man. I like to rape. <laughs> Get in my car. <laughs> Okay, that's not that's not funny. That's not Travis almost died. That is not funny. And um gosh, how many trigger warnings oh are we putting on this God. episode? That's the best, Andy. What are you talking about? <laughs> the place that hosts the podcast, we just have to like indicate where we want them to slot in trigger warnings. And they yeah, just drop them in automatically. It's right there, one right there. Oh, yeah. You know who didn't have a trigger warning was Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Just a trigger guard. Just yeah, a- didn't even, not even that. Whoa. <laughs> so this was Courtney Love's response wow. to being called a psycho hose beast. I, I just want to apologize four Please, more times for saying Don't. <laughs> I am still tickled by it. Please. <laughs> it's so good. Just imagine that Austin Powers movie. <laughs> no, I don't want to imagine Get that. in my car. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't stop picturing it. I, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> this was her response. If I was from the East Coast, played the cello, had big tits and small hoop earrings, wore black turtlenecks, had all matching luggage, and never said a word, that's the only way Steve Albini would find me attractive. What? Which that all um, sounds good. Oh, that's her. Oh, oh. That's her response. I read to this Steve earlier Albini. and I thought that was what Steve Albini would said he had to look like. I mean, and I was so confused <laughs> by it. Black turtlenecks are cool. Yep. Yeah, Small all of those things sound cool. good. The cello yeah. is cool. Matching luggage, I, I'm neutral yeah. on I that. Wouldn't, I go wouldn't, either way. Yeah, also, yeah, what the fuck does matching luggage have to do with it? Yeah, also, that, you're going to have to ask the CIA, Andy. Is she talking about class? Yeah, and also, too, she becomes that lady. Yeah, she really does. Yeah. Very shortly thereafter. Yeah. And also, she's describing the girl who went on tour with Nirvana for like the Unplugged and Beyond because yeah. they had a cello player for a while. They sure did. Maybe that's just some secret shade at the mm. cello player. <gasps> did the cello player kill Kurt? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the shotgun was in the cello case. <laughs> it's a real desperado scenario. So they, Nirvana's management picked Pachyderm Studios in Cannon Falls, Minnesota, thinking the rural setting would minimize distractions. Did it? It did. What? Go figure. Minnesota's great. Well, also Minnesota, Minnesota in the winter, I you're really not going Minnesota. anywhere, right? You're you're indoors, yeah, because it's pipe bursting cold. I read mm-hmm. in, I think it's in Come as You Are, where they talk about how they were just so far out that they'd have to, like, at one point they just wanted a boombox to like record demos mm. on before they actually mm-hmm. used up studio time, and they were like, we had to have it mailed to us because <laughs> there was just nowhere to go in Cannon Falls, Minnesota, right. to buy a boombox. Rape man, of course, would say, okay. come in me car. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, I've done it. Oh, so let's get back to this rape man episode. <laughs> so it did work. By the sixth day of recording, the band had finished all of the basic tracks for In Utero. When they weren't working, 
They made crank phone calls to Eddie Vedder and traveled to Minneapolis. Just like God, when he created Earth, <laughs> he rested on the seventh day to make crank calls to Eddie Vedder and to travel to Minneapolis. I want to hear those calls. I want yeah. a fucking Crank Yankers episode from those calls. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I think it says? <laughs> Get in my car, Eddie Vedder! <laughs> Oh, oh man, they finished the album in twelve days. <laughs> really? Yeah. That whole record's done in twelve yeah. days. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, they were in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you know that because of the way they celebrated. They celebrated by setting their pants on fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Because they're liars. Oh yeah. This is a quote from Pat Wayland, a friend of the band who stopped by the studio. We were listening to the final mixes. Everyone poured solvent on their pants, lit them, and then passed the flame from one pant leg to another and from one person to the next. Wait, they didn't put their pants in a pile and light them on fire. No, they, they did it while them. they were wearing their pants. They eventually doused the flames with beer. Sure. Oh. Because that's how I like to celebrate, <laughs> by being as uncomfortable in my clothes as possible. Oh, you mean the uh, the Minnesota Fire Brigade. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got it. What beer was it? Was it Grain Belt? I hope it was Grain Belt. It was probably something like that. What is there's some a particular beer from the Midwest and it's just the worst. Natty it starts ice? with a G. It's like Gluck. Is it it's, it's called Gluck. Gluck? Gluck? It's called Gluck. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. I had a friend in South Dakota who was so proud of the fact that he had a mini fridge full of Gluck for guests <laughs> and it just never like there was always like the same amount of gluck in that because no I one fucking I, could I, drink it, it. That's a Klingon word. What? Right. That's not. <laughs> also, I feel that during the winter you play gluck gluck gray goose, right? Like you just <laughs> chug chug chug. No, it's it's gluck gluck gray gray gluck gray gluck. Oh, you don't. It's you don't duck. even get to the okay. Why did you say? Are you saying gray goose because of it's a type of alcohol? Yeah, because it's a... Do yeah. you know that in Minnesota, oh, Jesus. Duck Duck Goose is not called Duck Duck Goose. It's no. called Duck Duck Gray Duck. No, it's not. It's dead, dead serious. Do they not you, know what geese are? The truth that, is out there, everybody. You <laughs> said that without knowing that. That's great. That's great. Wow. I thought you were being like extra clever there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that assumption every time. So, they finished the album... Kurt and Courtney moved back to Seattle, and they regained custody of Francis Aww. shortly after that. Even yeah, though after they set their pants on fire, they get- uh, They're like, we're going to be great parents. <laughs> <laughs> pants on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put much of it in the notes, but Kurt Cobain was horribly strung out on heroin. What? Almost this entire time. No. If you can believe it. Kurtrude Cobain was <laughs> Kurtrude. <laughs> It's true. No, I don't believe it. So in April of 93 is when disputes over the production quality of this album And I remember break this. Out. I remember this being a talking point uh, around. Yeah, we... I, I, I don't. I think we've... <laughs> well, you're 13 at this point. I'm, yeah. a, so I'm a freshman in college. Yeah. So we, we all were talking about this. Yeah, I don't remember my freshman year of college either, though. So... Yeah, in April, disputes over the production quality of In Utero break out. The band wasn't happy with the final mixes of some of the songs. And I have seen Kurt Cobain quoted as saying that, like, all apologies just didn't sound 
Now right. that's interesting because I do love what we now know is the mix of that. And I always, until we, I don't know, until maybe a year ago, I always thought that was Steve Albini's mix. I never really looked at yeah. the liner. Yeah, no, the Albini Scott mix Litt. came out later. Yeah, it came out. There's on the deluxe edition of In Utero, which I think is actually the best of the like expanded versions of Nirvana albums. They have Steve Albini's original mix as one of the discs on there. And? It's f- I I actually agree with the record label. I feel like the the mix on All Apologies because it's they only remixed Heart Shaped Box and All Apologies. And I do think both of those songs sound really weird on the chorus. Hmm. And with those being the two yeah. singles, I could be like I I could picture the record label being like, "Can we just like clean them up a little?" <laughs> And I think that's what happened. They brought in Scott Litt to do those two songs, but it it wasn't the entire album. But Steve Albini told the Chicago Tribune around this time, Geffen and Nirvana's management hate the record. I have no faith it will be released. That is a very accurate Steve Albini. Thank you. I would you. just like to say that that is exactly <laughs> I, what he sounds like. Yeah. I, I saw Shellac play once, and d- during a break between songs, he just gave a recipe for how to cook potatoes. And it was that sure. voice mm-hmm. talking about how to cook, <laughs> and it was magic. Sorry. And now he's like a champion poker player. What? Yeah, he won like a big poke, like world champion poker Steve game. Steve Albini. Yeah, and he's on the little. Wow. He does the cat stuff, little bub, right? The cat. That's sure. not him. And he was in Rape Man. Get in my car, <laughs> Andy. All right, let's go back. What? Uh, so. <laughs> Kurt didn't like the but Steve Albini thought that okay this whole thing is confusing to me because Steve Albini is saying that the band and the record label are on the same side with hating the record right but in actuality the band liked Albini what Albini did and the record label didn't that was Kurt Cobain's claim but I think okay. he eventually changed his like just softened his stance on it at one point he wanted to release two versions he wanted to put out the Albini version uh, and call it I Hate Myself and Want to Die, but only wanted to release it on cassette, vinyl, and 8-track, and then wanted to release the record label version as verse-chorus-verse with a sticker attached that said radio-friendly unit-shifting compromise version. Meaning he didn't like what the radio, what the record label did with it. Right. But he, I think he kind of backtracked on that Okay. at one point. Just uh, back to the uh, poker thing, he won 105 thousand dollars in the world series of poker back so in he's June. made more money in poker in than poker he's made making music. records yeah. yeah that's amazing because doesn't he just charge everyone like a flat fee like a plumber he charges them like by like an hourly rate to yeah. do it but then most producers apparently want a part of your record after it goes out they want a percentage yeah. of the sales he's just like i'll charge you like a plumber and you're like jesus <laughs> and that's right. why you still have an apartment wow man uh, Maybe shellac over that personality a little bit. <laughs> so they, the record company passed on that idea, obviously. And In Utero was slated for release in September. In between that, they uh, an NME writer, what is it's New Music Express, right? right. Yeah. yeah, comes. To- Although I love that it sounds like you're saying enemy. I think that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that, that's intentional, right? Is it? Probably. Yeah. Okay. And he comes to interview Courtney, but she just mostly plugs in utero and actually lets him hear the album before anyone else. Really? And I thought this part was really interesting because this is a point where everything we hear about Nirvana is that Kurt Cobain was just like hanging on by a thread and super depressed. And this is how his article ends. 
for someone who's been through so much shit in the past two years, whose name's being dragged through acrimony once again, who's about to release a record the whole rock world's desperate to hear and be faced with astonishing attention and pressure, Kurt Cobain's a remarkably contented man. You know, I just got this new shotgun. I really like it. <laughs> I finally figured out our next album. Yeah, it's, it's called, not going to be an album. <laughs> it's not. It's good. You know Jackson Pollock? It's like that, but... <laughs> oh, my God. This Because this is the time that he was, like, getting really into the blues and wanting to get away from yeah. the Nirvana stuff. Well, I think that's, he, what we, that's what we hear. I mean, do we know that? Well, there, there are, like, sources in different books who have confirmed or at least have claimed that, like, near the end of his life, he like, was... just listening to Lead Belly. Yeah, he was wanting to, like, do, like, acoustic singer-songwriter type stuff as opposed to... Boy, he really had a thing for lead. <laughs> all right, all right. I knew when I said it. I knew when I said it. Uh, well, yeah, that's what we... It's a, he was going to do something, I believe the quote was, more R.E.M. than Nirvana if he was right. going to go forward. Yeah, and he wasn't going to... Right, he was like pretty much done with the band. Like He wanted to go off away from the rest of the guys. Right, but they also... You Know You're Right was recorded in January right, of 94. Yeah. So that... And he was going to join Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and Cobain. Right. Like the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was going to be the new travel, one of the new traveling Wilburys. <laughs> he killed Roy Orbison. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know that. That's true. Or one of the lesser, right. less popular Nirvana conspiracies. Right. Or did Courtney? Uh, yes. Interlope into the Wilbury camp. She killed Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, just recently. <laughs> I think she killed Clapton's kid. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't she seen just all of pushes the, the kid out. That's a kid screaming. Yes, oh, Jesus Christ! Would you know my name? I like. I, here's the thing. I Would say something you? terrible. <laughs> I say something terrible. Immediately regret it, and then sure. both of y'all. Welcome to the like, Unpops right, Network. Are Andy. just like, well, you said a terrible thing. Let's get out this. that window. <laughs> That's from Steve Albini's Drop Man <laughs> record. Oh my god! I think this is my favorite episode for real, like no question. Oh my god! <laughs> We're all gonna get murdered by Courtney Love. We should. That's from a Drop Man's album, Beards in Heaven. <laughs> Uh, thousand hertz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so let's talk about in utero. <laughs> uh, and you know who's not in utero anymore? Clapton's <laughs> kid, because <laughs> he's in Drop Man. <laughs> he's Drop Man. He's a, he he's survived the, that fall and found the, a Drop Man. With he's Steve the lead. Albini. He's the lead screamer of Drop Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, boy! Clapton cannot keep a kid alive. <laughs> This is just a showcase of not being able to resist <laughs> shitty impulses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. It's a podcast. Uh, mm. So In Utero entered the charts at number one, selling 180,000 copies in the first week. Wow. And that's without it being carried at Walmart or Kmart. Both chains refused to carry the album for some reason. <laughs> what reason was that? Because there was a song called Rape Me on it. Oh, I thought it was because they didn't appreciate the irony of the song title Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. I thought they were like, we're taking a stance against this. I'm fucking kidding. I'm okay. Oh, yeah. 
Have you ever heard Drop Man? <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> that's the eagle. Hold on, hold that's on. That's the eagle that didn't hold on, come hold to on. his rescue. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's a very high building. <laughs> it's a pretty big, high. Yeah. Can't hear it for the last few yeah. floors. So <laughs> so high, it's strung out on heroin and going to shoot itself. <laughs> the building is? Yes. Yes. That was the original title of In Utero. <laughs> it was. I'm so, so strung out on heroin, I'm, I'm going to shoot, shoot myself. <laughs> and want to die. Yeah. <laughs> and want to die. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I married a keeper. Oh, my God. <laughs> a crypt keeper. You know, somebody, I keep seeing these things that like Michael Stipe and Courtney Love are like really good friends. Sure. Well, M- Michael Stipe and Kurt Cobain had studio time booked. In like the weeks leading up to Kurt Cobain dying, that's true. And Michael Stipe said it was he was like trying to literally save, save his, Kurt yeah. Cobain's life. He sent a plane ticket out there. But I fucking love Michael Stipe. It's yeah, not Michael great. Stipe. It's the Gremlin Stripe and Courtney Love are really good <laughs> friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> the main bad Gremlin. I know who it is. And Courtney Love are he, friends. He, he did, oh, now I get it. work on that. It was just, if I add one letter to Stipe, I've got this joke. I was just thinking, two famous villains must know each other. Well, that's how Courtney Love got Michael the role Stipe's as not a female villain. Gremlin. No, Gremlin Stripe. That's how, uh, that, her friendship with Stripe is how she got the role in Gremlins 2 as the female Gremlin. There it is. That's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway... We are so close I, so to being I, done with this I feel this bad about everything. I, when I see pictures of Courtney Love and Michael Stipe hanging out, I'm like, oh, I feel bad about saying bad things about Courtney Love sometimes. Do you? Oh, really? Yeah. I just love Michael Stipe that much. Oh. Yeah, does it, does Michael it, Stipe's great. He is great. No question. So <laughs> this, is, this is where we'll end the episode. They finally reached a compromise on the Rape Me Crisis at Walmart and Kmart. <laughs> they called the Rape yeah. Me Crisis yeah. Center? Rape Me Gate. <laughs> okay, wow, Jesus. All right. I gotta st- I'm gotta. going to just, when the words when words are said, I'm going to not respond to them anymore. Yeah. You know who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> you know who had really good ideas? By the way, if you're going to Disneyland, go in through the Rape Me Gate. It's so much easier to get in. A lot of people don't go to that side. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what the connection you made there was. Well, there's different gates to get in, and if you go into the rape Oh, gate, see? Yeah. I Andy! It makes so Andy. much sense! I just want to point out, my mom has texted me 17 times while we're here. She I, can she can tell no. what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> she can feel it. Her heart is breaking a little every seven seconds. But it's funny, 16 of them just say, Andy! <laughs> so, and the last one said, Get in my it's time for soccer practice. <laughs> what did you say? It's time for soccer practice. I thought you said it's don't... time for sucking practice. <laughs> well, Which is what Rape Man was saying. In theory. <laughs> that was the name of Rape Man's last album. <laughs> it's time for sucking practice. Let's just go ahead and put this episode in the vault. <laughs> of awesome. The vault of awesome. The Vossum. Vossum. Oh, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, yeah we high five, Dandy. You feeling left out? Yeah. No, I. I Let's I, high five. No, come on. Can I just? Thanks. There it is. That's not you. Just, that was us high five. You just lied. That was us <laughs> high five. You just told a lie. I don't. And Jesus knows it. <laughs> it's fine. Andy was. When my, I get up there, he's gonna be like, "That was a good lie." <laughs> 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 Fucking pulled it over on old Andy there. 
<laughs> also, you ever heard Drop Man? <laughs> Clapton's kid is in it. <laughs> Andy is my favorite counselor at concentration camp. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! This is all just an ex. You're trying to break me. This is what this whole thing is. Yeah. We are the Courtney Love and you yeah. are the Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I, was, look, I was like, I was talking to my brother and I was like, I guess I did such a good job on the Limp Biscuit podcast. They brought me onto their Nirvana podcast that they've already been doing. And no, it's just you want to hurt me. The CIA put us up to yeah, this. We have if I'm to. being completely honest. All oh, right, so so should we get to how they settled the rape me? <laughs> yes, so which one of you is Courtney and which one of you is El Duce in this situation? We're both Courtney. Yeah, we're both El Duce. <laughs> All right, Are I'm you? Alan Wrench. That's a deep reference. That is a wow. real we'll deep get, reference. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so did a Gigi Allen thing? Mm, no, it's, it's just a, a dude. It's a guy who yeah. probably killed Kurt Cobain. Thing. Yeah. So the the compromise they reached, Kurt changed the title on the back of In Utero to Waif Me. I don't even know what that, I mean, I know what a waif is, but I don't get how that. I, how, I think it's pronounced a wife, and it's it's a precursor to the Borat, <laughs> my wife thing. Wife me. Wife me, you know. Doesn't sound I do like, like that, that scene way. in Borat where Courtney Love finds out Kurt Cobain <laughs> killed himself. And she, <laughs> I five, five. <laughs> You know who killed Kurt Cobain? His wife. <laughs> the suicide note just says it was my, my wife. wife. Um, that seems like a good place to stop. Sure uh, does. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to go out to the greenhouse and shoot myself. Not. <laughs> I see. I I got it. It was another Borat. I didn't right? do any yeah. of that right. None of that was. Done. No, you killed it. That was not executed well. <laughs> you you can follow uh, Andy online. Borat Andy Cell. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the bore. Hey, oh, boy. Hey. hey everybody. So he called it wi- wife. Wait, Kid man. jumped because you're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you killed another one of Clapton's kids. It's the name of the upcoming album from Drop Man. <laughs> Andy killed him. <laughs> and Clapton plays guitar in Drop Man, which is super weird. In Look, Drop D, too. Like he tunes I will not down. feel bad Drop about D kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Clapton is a racist. What? And he stole George Harrison's wife, so... All right. they were not still, that women are... Not that they women were are still friends, so how much did George Harrison really care? But, yeah, we're getting off track. That's for... Uh, I can't think of a... Cloud Pod... Our podcast about George Harrison. Okay. Pod nine. No, it's this my, pod what? is six words long. <laughs> <laughs> While my podcast gently weeps. Yeah, that's I like what that. we'll do. This pod is just six words long. All pods must pass. Mm. I got my pod set on you. <sighs> this has been a good Why episode. Why did he change the t- name of the song? Uh, this has been, I think, my favorite I episode. Think that this it's been is, really good, yeah. yeah. I, I have, look, I've been responsible for my share of derailing. Uh, I will own up to that. And that's just the number of Clapton kids you've killed. <laughs> yeah, because I derailed a train. Yeah. Um, Full of Clapton offspring. <laughs> all right, so when's Drop Man's next concert? Because <laughs> I think we should all go. No, you you have one note left here. Oh. That's what Cobain said for why he made the compromise so that the album Travis, could sell. Travis, read this quote. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, I could only go to Walmart. 
Uh, I want the kids to be able to get this record, so I'll do what they want. Bang. Does anyone buy that excuse? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, that's a money grab. Yeah. He knew he could make more money. I mean, by this yeah. point, he was like telling his label to take out ads and variety and shit. So, like, right. There's there's a part of me that's like, wow, he for a guy who hated the game, he sure got into playing the game. Exactly. Yeah. But I also like that reason. I understand that reasoning. Yeah, man. Whether it's got to play by the rules if you want to break the rules. You know what I'm saying? And then they can sell that version on eBay yeah. later. Yeah. Because it's got a me title on the back. Yeah, because I actually bought eBay a copy was, of it once. Uh, thing in '92. Well, later. That's yeah. how I got the Wave Me version. Yeah, you don't have the Wave Me version? No, I don't. Jesus Christ! It's called Wave Me Gate. Yep. <laughs> Which, if you go to Disneyland, <laughs> it's right past the Rape Me Gate. <laughs> hey, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I am uh, teching for Dropman. Uh, you can. Uh, I'll be. There's. So, I'll tell you something I'd like to plug right now. What's that? What's that? Myself. Okay. Uh, with a bullet. <laughs> plug is a old slang for uh, plug a guy. Mm. Mm. I don't really? think I've ever heard that. I don't think I have either. It's in the movie Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it's movies. It's in old gangster movies. Yeah, I don't watch movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, right. What's a movie? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, patreon.com slash unpops. Go listen to all the Unpops Podcast Network shows there. You, and, you uh, for, make, stop, don't. Make no. sure. To, what? No, I was going to say, pledge like a, a crazy amount. We'll send you the final episode in the wrapped in bloody yeah. flannel episode of this podcast. We'll We're going to encase it in resin shaped like a heart, like yeah. Marilyn Manson right. did with that. There's a, there's a heroin kit yeah. at the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum that Marilyn Manson gave someone as a gift when she had just quit heroin. And it's got like it's called break in case of emergency. Jesus, got, right? Yeah. There's a spoon in the in the release that Magic Bullet put out. Okay. Too. Also, oh, okay. Uh, the special case that we'll do when you open it, it'll say <laughs> when you open the box. Oh, I'm glad we're back to that <laughs> instead of other awful things. Like what? So, like no, what? I'm not. We're. I, there's no need to reference you have them because you're going to cut them all you out. You birthed the best baby of the episode, but I do sprinkle them into the outtakes yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> Because I only have like 14 clips of us saying nothing. Nothing. Doesn't matter. You'll have to check out the outtakes oh. to hear hear what Andy really gets yeah. up to on this podcast. <laughs> I, look, none of this. Andy's a fan of certain ideas I, by a don't, very I don't like prolific public speaker who used to be in politics. <laughs> yeah, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Heard of him? <laughs> I have not. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think that's who I'm thinking of. So... Uh, Andy has a dream, but that's it's not the one stop. that we're talking about. His dream is more of a final solution. I love that I am getting real defensive about this, despite the fact that this is entirely a made-up thing. <laughs> Andy, we're all going along on the ride together. So oh. get in my car! <laughs> Andy, what do you have to plug? Oh, wait, we already asked, and you said a bullet. Uh, Travis, what do you uh, have I'll to plug? Be, I'll be in Des Moines, Iowa. More like your, your Albini in Des Moines, Iowa. Just south of Minnesota, uh, October 4th, 5th, and 6th for the Beast Village Comedy Festival. Oh, my God. Uh, well, <laughs> there was Andy. He's gone now. <laughs> Um, I, I have some shows coming up. I don't remember where they are, so follow me on the socials. I'm at Mr. Travis Clark on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Adam Todd Brown on Instagram and Twitter. That's Adam Todd Brown with one D. Guess where it's at? At the end of Brown. Yeah, yep. exactly. Browned. And, uh, you know, last Saturday of every month, Hollywood Hotel. This month, our, our live show is September 29th. I have no idea who's going to be on it or what it's going to be about, but we'll figure it out. I, th- I heard Drop Man's playing. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. <laughs> Going to be a drop in. I, I like. Man. I do. I will say, I do love the sequel. The uh, sorry, the sequel. Supergroup uh, made up of members of Candlebox <laughs> and Drop Man called Dropbox. That's, uh... <laughs> and you know what? They they really collaborate well together. Yeah. They can just. Yeah, they just share ideas. ideas. (laughs) Oh, my God. We should probably get out of here. Definitely. Uh, Travis, say goodbye. Good boy! Andy, say goodbye. All right. Bye, (laughs) I guess. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.